I was hoping you were going to ask me about um, writing because I used to work for Medieval Times in Buena Park, California. Oh, and I have some oh, really oh. good stories yeah. about that place. Let me tell you. For Greatness podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Hayes, and along with me again today is Dr. Billy Smith, Executive Director of the American Pain Horse Association. And Doc, we've got a special guest with us here today. Uh, why don't you introduce her? So we have uh, Christy Landwehr, who is, uh, she, we are old friends, but she is not an old friend. Thank you. I'm not old. We've known each other a long time with Certified Horsemanship Association, and she has really made this organization blossom and we've become uh, really close organizations with APHA. So glad to have you, Christy. Thank you. Wonderful to be on. Christy's, so, a, Christy's a young friend that I've known a long time, which makes her an old friend. See? Oh, I like that a lot. That is a great way to put it. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much Billy's known everybody a long time, a, lo- a long time. <laughs> Everyone's an old friend. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's good to have old Nothing friends. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit, Dr. Smith, about our relationship with CHA and how long that's been going on uh, with APHA and, and CHA? You know, uh, it's been going on a few years and it hasn't really it should have started a long time ago. When you think about it, one of the core things we do, or at least we aspire to, is teach people to ride safely and to be engaged in horses in a safe way. And what certified horsemanship has done is taken that to a level, a professional level, a certification level. And uh, so, so uh, and Christy's also been involved in our professional, professional horsemanship, professional horsemen's association for a while as well. And has add a whole fresh, uh, dimension to that because that group had always been horse trainers alone and this adds a whole there's a whole range of people involved in professional horsemanship and christy brings kind of a new approach and a new view of that whole concept not everything occurs that's good not everything occurs in the show ring it occurs at stables and riding centers all over america with uh, people who are certified. We've even had a couple of our staff members who are certified uh, who through CHA as well. Absolutely. So uh, Christy, what what is your, I guess, the most exciting thing for you, you know, with our new our new-ish partnership uh, together, what are you most excited about there? Well, let me just start by saying that I do own um, a pain horse that I teach on and I have been teaching on him for a long time. And so being part of the professional horseman's committee is a big deal to me. Like I just spent all last weekend teaching and every single evening this week teaching in order to be able to know that I'm not teaching this weekend because we got big snowstorm coming and I only have an outdoor arena. So, and he's my go-to, I call him my ATM. His name is Sox, S-O-X, and he can teach everything from beginner all the way up to how to do a lead change over the top of 
of a fence. For those of you that jump out there, you know how hard that can be. So he really is just a great guy. And I just love teaching on him. And that's one thing that I am so happy about working with, um, CHA is that we believe in all breed, all discipline. And many of our members have paint horses and many of our members have them in big lesson barn programs. I literally have two horses and a pony. Okay. And I'm one of our certified instructors. And then we have, let's say, for example, Houghton College in upstate New York that has 40 head of horses. We have YMCAs um, in Ohio, for example, that have over a hundred horses. So we have such a variety of people and you know, paint horses are loved by all. They are a very solid breed. They're a very colorful breed. They're a very um, diverse breed and everything that they can do. And so that's just super fun. So when we decided to do this partnership a few years back, it's mainly educational, meaning that um, anything that's horsemanship education, whether you're a complete beginner or whether you're truly advanced can happen within this partnership. So that's why we're doing things like these podcasts. We're doing uh, webinars together. We have um, just quite a few events that we do. Like we do certifications all around the U.S. and Canada for the equine professional. So just all these different ways that we can tell the professional horsemen at APHA what we do. And then also the members at large, because it's not just for trainers. Our organization very much has things for the person who's just an enthusiast who hasn't even really begun their horse journey, but really wants to learn more if they just go to our website. Um, which is CHA.horse, H-O-R-S-E. They can find a ton of information on just basic horse ownership. And of course, you all have Horse IQ. So we're very excited about doing more with Horse IQ as well. So just that educational component, I think, really brought the two of our organizations together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's, you know, the nice thing for us is that's one of our um, core missions is education. It's one of our strategic planning um, uh, on our strategic plan. So uh, being able to grow that and uh, obviously is a, an important factor for us. So we're excited as well to be a part of it. Um, yeah, so that's good. So CHA, it it, not only do you teach horsemen, but you also you'll certify facilities. There's a couple of other key key things I think we should mention that it's not just about the horsemen, but rather it, it is about the facilities and some of the other things. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that, too? Yeah, it sure is. So we, first of all, we differentiate between instructor, trainer, and coach. And I want to talk about that for a second. So for us, we certify the riding instructor that has school horses that are already kind of ready to go for the beginner to learn on. Okay. Then we also are riding instructors of people that might come to us, like my clients last weekend, a couple trailered in. So they come in with their own horses and then we teach them on them. Okay. We are not horse trainers where we take the horses into our care and we train them and then for a client, go to a horse show, train them for a client to go down the trail, whatever. Now, does that mean that some of us are not both? Absolutely. Some are definitely trainers and instructors, but that's how we differentiate. So we don't certify the horse trainer on how to train the horse. We certify the riding instructor on how to teach the rider. And then coach to us is very high level. So That's going to be your professional horsemen that are coaching folks that are going to the world show. Okay. That's going to be people that are, 
are really teaching high level coaching. Um, and again, we don't certify them either. So we're certifying the true instructor who teaches beginners primarily to ride some intermediate and some advanced, but over 60% of our members teach absolute beginner, never touched a horse, never seen a horse. So for us, it's very important that they teach not only how to ride, but all the horsemanship skills. So all of our instructors, if you go to a CHA certified instructor, will teach you how to halter, lead, tie, groom, pick the feet, put the saddle on, ride the horse, and then put the horse away correctly too. They'll also teach you how to feed the horse, clean the stall, do all of it so that one day, hopefully we're making horse men and women and not just riders. And hopefully all of our clients will go out and buy horses and then hopefully want to do things like show them or whatever the case may be. So that's truly who we are. And then on the accreditation side, we have a ton of different types of um, sites that we site accredit. So we site accredit colleges, universities, trail ride operations, um, just a bunch of different entities. And that hopefully will give you discounts. We've never gotten less than 10% discount on insurance ever. And we actually had a member up in Canada get through Capri Insurance 50% off of her equine facility insurance through our program. So you can get um, equine um, insurance discounts on your professional side for your staff. Let's say if you have a bunch of instructors and then also on your facility facility side if you get site accredited with us. Absolutely. So the you have the you know coach instructor that portion of it. What is the benefit if I want to do this and become uh, a certified horseman through y'all's program? What is the benefit to me um you know other than becoming a I guess an official instructor uh but what is what's the benefit? You know what what, what do they get out of doing that? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, insurance discounts, right? Um, that's honestly why I did it. I was uh, told that I would get insurance discounts and I was all about my bottom line. And I went, that's great. I would love to do that. And I had moved from California to Colorado and California insurance is pretty high. So that was my first thing was moving to Colorado. My insurance went down. And then when I became certified, um, the insurance companies that we work with certify, I mean, do discounts based on what level you attain with us. So they're going to assume if you've been teaching a long time and you get a higher level that you're probably going to be safer than somebody that might be straight out of college and hasn't taught a long time. So they give insurance discounts that way. So that's one of the main reasons. The next is we help you with marketing. So if you go to CHA.horse and you go under find a certified professional near you or find an accredited site near you, all of our folks will come up, let's say in your city, your state, however you uh, want to search by. And then that's a way to help. So hopefully, and I know this is hard, but we keep trying to get really, really high in search engine ranking, Google and Yahoo and all those wonderful things. So that if somebody's Googling horseback riding instructor in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver where I live, hopefully I come up through not only my own personal website, because of course we tell our members they should have one of those, but also through our online database. So we try really hard to help them with marketing and then continuing education. We require 25 hours of continuing education every three years for all of our instructors. We feel it's just as important as your hairstylist needs to be certified to not mess up the color of your hair and to cut it correctly and things and your nurses and your teachers, all these people need to be certified. Why not your equine professional? And 
And then we require CEUs, continuing education units, for them to turn into us every 25 years. I'm sorry, 25 every three years. So that's things like um, taking a riding lesson themselves. So they could go to one of your professional horsemen, take a lesson. That totally counts. They could go to your convention, your APHA convention, and have knowledge and gain information. Totally counts. They could get on Horse IQ and get some of their CEUs. So that's another reason, again, that what that partnership is so important is that we're providing more CEUs for our members. And so if you go to a certified professional of ours, you know that they're current. We don't allow them to not be current. They have to turn in current hours that they've been performing and not only teaching themselves, but learning. Right. See, Stephen, that might be, as you just hit on something, that might be a part of the problem with your hair. You might not be a certified hair person. That's true. Well, I I don't think it matters if the person is certified when your hair is falling out. It it doesn't. It doesn't be why it's falling out. I, on the other hand, I need to have somebody to take care of all this. So, yeah, Billy makes fun of my my hair falling out because he's embarrassed about his gray. But that's okay. I'm all right with it. The question that I have, though, Christy, is there an age? uh, Is there an age to be certified? So do you have to be 18 years old? And then there is there a cap uh, to to do that? Yes, I love that. Okay. So to start, you have to be 16 to be an assistant with us. So assistant means that you can help somebody else in the arena. You can help somebody else on the trail. So you can ride the lead on the trail because we believe that the person in back, the drag, needs to have the most experience so they can watch the line and give corrections. So you could lead a trail ride. You could also, as a 16-year-old, help in the arena. So you have to be 18, which is legally adult, right, in order to get a level. And you can get level one through four, the very first time you come to one of our certifications if you've been teaching a long time and in a group environment people mess up with us they want to come and then they're really only private lesson instructors and they get and we're like all right here's your eight up go teach them and they're like what (laughs) what (laughs) so it definitely is group writing instruction that we teach because we feel like once we send you out there and you're certified you're probably going to make more if you have three four or five per hour than if you just have one because there's only so many hours in the day so we want to make sure you're good at teaching eight up because then I'm sure you're good at teaching one up. So we always certify by group. And then as far as an upper echelon, we even have, because we don't care how old you are, you can do it at any age. We have a special considerations policy for those of us that may have had some replacement parts, right? Let's say the hips got replaced, the knees got replaced, stuff got replaced. You can't necessarily show us your riding skills at a certain level. Um, you're still able to teach, but you just don't show the riding level. So we actually say you don't have to ride one level higher than you teach if you have special considerations. Otherwise, you have to. You have to do a riding test and show us you can jump if you're teaching jumping, things like that. But you don't under special considerations. And we've had people as old as 72 73 and 74 come and get certified for the very first time with us. And it is a pleasure hearing them teach because they normally have a lot of knowledge by that time. It's a pleasure. Thank, thank you, know, you, Christy. You know, thank Christy. You. So, wait, whoa, 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 Billy. No, Don't no, let, me, let me have this moment right now. This, I, I love Christy because she like put the, the ball on the tee and I'm fixing to crush it. Billy, you can have special consideration. I will give it to you right now. Well, you, I you knew you were going to do that. Completely <laughs> missed the point. I was just going to tell Christy that she really made Stephen feel great because his whole life they've made him ride drag, pushing cattle, 
And he thought he didn't realize he was the leader riding drag. Uh, yeah. All this time he thought he was being kicked to the curb out to ride drag, and you were being the leader. Congratulations. You're the leader. I appreciate there you go. it. I, I you know, I really do appreciate uh you know, having that understanding, but you're right. I missed the point completely. All I could think about was getting Billy in the special consideration <laughs> list. Uh, I think we should do that right now. I'm happy to sign off for him. No problem. Uh, you know, at 75, you can still do this, Billy. That's good. That's good. Well, but here's the drag part. It doesn't work when you're dragging the longhorns. Then all you do is the poop. It's if you're dragging <laughs> actual people that are on trail because then you're teaching. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I will say I don't know that I've ever been on a true trail ride with a group of people. So I, I've never rode drag, Billy, and as far as a trail ride goes. I, I'm just saying if you were in a group like that, you'd be riding drag. That's how that would work. That would end up that way. They so you're calling me leader. You're calling me a leader. Yep, that's how that would end. Uh, that's nice, huh? I, yeah, that was actually a compliment. I, I feel like I just got a compliment from Dr. Smith. I know. Maybe it's a promotion. I doubt that. I doubt. I 100% doubt that. He he would demote me before he promoted me. I'm You're sure. on my side, Christy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Billy, uh, Billy, do you have any questions too? I, I know we talked a little bit about it, but yeah. So, so Christy, you know, in our industry, we have we have people who are really talented people, really talented writers. But we there's always a few who maybe they're not quite as good as they think they are. Talk to us a little bit about answer that question of why do I need to be certified? What skills does it give me? What advantage does it give me besides insurance, cheaper insurance? Yes. What am I learning that I don't already know if I've kind of been around horses my whole life? So, first of all, it's a third party entity telling you that you're actually good at something. Right. So for those of us that are old enough, Billy, this is for you and I right now, because Stephen probably has no uh, idea what this means. So this is a moment for us. The good housekeeping seal of approval. Exactly. Do you remember that? There you go. So that's what CHA is. Stephen's like, I have no idea what that is. OK, yeah. Google it and you will find out. OK, so the good house seal of approval, housekeeping seal of approval is what CHA is. Right. We're a third party entity coming in. And let's say, heaven forbid, there's an incident at your writing program. Your certifiers through CHA will go to bat for you and actually come to the court case. We knock on wood, never have to do that because our people don't really have incidents, which is really wonderful. But we will do that for you. And we will say we will be expert witnesses for you and say at this particular day, this was what was going on. And um, we certified them at this level. They're absolutely OK to be teaching this, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's another kind of reason. And then everybody can learn. I am a certifier for our organization. And when I go, because our certifications for English Western instructors are five days long. And our equine facility manager ones are three days long. We pack in the wilderness for five days. I don't do that one. That one's oh. for other people. <laughs> but there is that one where you can learn how to do high line, picket line, wall tent, all that good stuff. We do a uh, one for vaulting, for driving, for instructors of disabilities, all kinds of things. And what I say to horse people who think that they're low and their head gets really large, I say, change your discipline. And you will instantly be humbled. OK, so and that's, I think, a really important thing. When you go to get certified, you know what you know here 
And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay. I never thought of teaching posting trot like that. Or gosh, I never thought of teaching a flying lead change over the top of the fence like that. Or, oh my goodness, that's a really unique thing because we all role play for each other as riders for all of the different people that are going through the certifications. So let's say you have 10 going through your certification, Billy, Stephen and I would ride as riders for you in the class. So you would say, I'm teaching you how to do first canter, first lope. And we, knowing that we know, because we've taught people that first canter, first lope, we put our toes down, we grab the horn, we do all the stuff beginners do. And then you've got to coach us through that and say, no, lift your sternum, sit back, do this, do that. And so we all are learning throughout the entire 40 hours by role playing for each other and helping each other. It's a network. And you end up, I still know the 10 people that I went through my certification with way back in 2000 really well. And I'll still text them and go, oh my gosh, I have a student right now. Ah, Help me. And they can help. So it becomes a network and a community of like-minded people. It's super fun. You know, uh, Stephen role plays too. Oh boy. He kind of likes to role play as Festus. So <laughs> how do you coach someone out of that, Christy? How about No that? idea. There's no chance. No, no there's chance. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, that deserves no response. Yes, there's just nothing, huh? Nothing for that. Yeah, I got him. I got him speechless again. Got him. I know twice. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, every time I do that to you know, you know, Billy's a doctor. I mean, he got his PhD. He's one of the smartest men I know, literally. And and I actually mean that. That part of my my it's there's going to be a stinger, but this part of it, he is one of the smartest people I know. However, when I give we go. Doc, when I give Doc and I give him a smart remark and he doesn't respond. I feel like I just conquered the world because I stumped Dr. Billy Smith. It, it gives me so much satisfaction, Christy. You have no idea. <laughs> it's my, that's not, I'm not stumped. That's my compassion kicking in, you know, you don't stop him in the ground. Yeah. I got a little of that. So good. good. Stay here with me, Christy. Don't let, don't leave me. Okay. <laughs> Billy's super sensitive. It said so in his uh, little test that, you know, you take out sensitive you are and uh, what's it called, Doc? Yeah, I got a, I, I, I'm going to, I got a question for Christy. Uh, we're going to get right back on the topic and okay. kind of ignore it for a minute. So, so Christy, what I'm sure that when you certify people, there's always a few who think I'm just going through the motions. I already know this stuff. So what's the thing that most people think they really know, but they really don't? Think about that a minute. They really think they know something, but they don't. Uh huh. Can I give you an example? Because I love stories. Yeah. So there is a um, place here in Denver that does a lot of our certifications, and they will hire me sometimes to be the certifier. And they'll sometimes hire another lady named Teresa that I've known for years and she'll come with me and we'll sit there and we'll be certifying. And they always bring out a horse named Simon. Simon is one of those quintessential school horses where he wants to dive in the middle all the time and hang out with the instructor who's standing in the middle. He always wants to do that. He never wants to stay on the rail. He just wants to be naughty. He's kind of naughty Simon, right? 
And we'll hear, because after you ride and after you teach, you have to evaluate yourself. So you'll say, all right, this is how I felt I did as an instructor teaching this. These are now all your students evaluate. So all the role-playing participants and then the two certifiers get to evaluate. So you get instant feedback. Okay. So nine times out of 10, actually it's been 10 out of 10. Simon always gets a little bit ripped on by the evaluations because people will say, well, if I didn't have Simon in my class, my class would have been perfect. But then there was Simon or, you know, I I think my routers would have been good, but they were on Simon. So I kind of wait until halfway through the certification. So at about day two and a half, and I always do it. I go, I'm just going to hop on Simon a sec. And I go down there and I take the reins and I get on Simon and they've been saying he's lazy. They've been saying he's no good. They've been saying he doesn't know how to lope off all these things that they say about Simon and from a halt, Right lead canner, ho, roll back from a halt, left lead canner. I just get off and I just hand the horse to somebody. And that's all I do. And nobody complains about Simon again, because I think we all as human beings, right? We can't help but blame somebody. So they want to sit there and blame the horse. And what they don't understand is that it's their teaching, not being able to coach through a problem is what they actually were doing. And don't hang your hat on the horses. Don't hang your hat on the riders. Look within and find the best skills that you have had is that problem. And if you don't know how to teach that problem, that's really okay. Then we say, Hey, how do we teach that problem? And then everybody helps everybody. So again, it becomes very networking. So I think the biggest thing is own what you don't know, because we all don't know stuff and that's cool. And then we can all learn from each other. So how, how much in certification is really teaching humility? I know. I love that a lot. Yeah. A lot. And we'll have people that come in and we do this thing called mid-clinic interviews. So in mid-clinic interviews, they have a piece of paper where they write where they think they are as a writer through the levels that we have, where they think they are as an instructor. Every now and then we say, wow, we actually see you higher. Can we have you try this tomorrow to see if you can attain that? This is a safe space. That's very rare, though. (laughs) Normally, they see themselves as a four and we see them as a two. Right. So then we have to have a conversation about this is a safe place. This is what we need to see you do tomorrow in order to try to attain your goal. And then if we've done our job right, right after that evaluation, they know right away. They know, oh, I didn't achieve it or, oh, I did achieve it. But here's how and here's how I can do better. And every now and then, though, Billy, you're going to have the person that comes in for their final interview and you go, congratulations, you're a level two. And they'll just look at you and they'll go, well, I guess the referees have decided. <laughs> and you'll go, I guess we have, but we do not do this willy nilly. We have a full standards manual that has been created by the industry where we literally have made it user friendly. So we had lawyers look at our standards because they show up in lawsuits a lot. And people will say, well, have you seen this manual, the standards for the equine industry? Because we really don't have any, right? That are really big standards in our industry that just doesn't exist. So when we created our standards manual for horsemanship, lawyers loved it. So we hired a lawyer to water it down. So what I mean by that is it is mandatory that you have fresh water for your horse. Okay. But it is not mandatory that barbed wire is not used around horses for fencing because we know in sections of land in Texas where you all are at, they're going to use barbed wire when they have sections of land in big fields because the horses probably won't get hung up in it, but they're certainly not going to use it for an arena fencing, right? So that's what we've done with our standards. And those standards um, are very applicable for almost any type of writing program there is. So, so Christy. Yes. 
So think back in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lessons that you've given. Yes. What's the best moment of your life giving a lesson? I mean, the moment where your heart kind of races and you think that was just awesome. That was over the top. I was hoping you were going to ask me about um, writing because I used to work for Medieval Times in Buena Park, California. Oh, and I have some oh, really good stories yeah. in that place. Let that me tell one. you. Start with that one. That's all. But I wasn't the teacher of the nights there. I was 16 through 20 when I worked for Medieval Times and I got to Did ride in the joust? 100th annual. What now? Did you joust? No, no, they oh. never let me joust. Oh, I was. Stable wench. There you go. That was my official title. So for all these people now that are whining about different things, I just laugh. I go, well, I was called a stable wench and it was actually on my pay stub. So I didn't complain, but just saying, everyone has their own level that they're willing to deal with. But I was called stable wench and I actually got to ride in the hundredth annual tournament of roses parade in Pasadena, California on a prancing Andalusian side saddle for six and a half miles. And as we're going down the main drag, I'm 18 at the time riding this thing side saddle and the owner of Medieval Times and it's owned by a bunch of people from Spain. So a Spanish gentleman named Victor, he was right next to me and he looks over at me and he goes, you get your side excited on your side of the parade route. I'm going to get my side excited. I go, Okie dokie. So I go, ladies and gentlemen, cheer for me. And they all cheer. And then he's like, ladies and gentlemen, cheer for me. And they all cheer. And then he's probably 60 something years old. And keep in mind, I'm 18. And he goes, my wife, she's no good at this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, and I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, ah. Okay, how do you answer that when you're in front of all these people? But oh my gosh, getting to ride in the Rose Parade, getting to be side saddled for six and a half miles, that was probably one of my most exciting things on a horse. Promise me you 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 put that title on your income tax return. <laughs> Promise me. I've been on my resume for so long and I'm old enough now. I recently took it off, but it's like, oh my gosh. And the only reason I took it off is that you're not supposed to be, you know, too many pages. But right, you know, right. I brought up a lot of good conversations as people were hiring me. It was pretty funny. Uh, that's just the most, that's the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> the stable wench. Really, on the payroll stuff right there, stable wench pay. That's, that's, me. Did that's you put me. it, But did you put it on your tax return? I don't think I did. Oh, I don't didn't. think I did. No I fun at all. I framed that and hung it in my house. That was <laughs> all right. So now going back to your other question about right. teaching. Make me cry. Tell me about that moment that mm, it just all came together. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. But I'm going to talk about one gentleman because he was pretty awesome and we don't get to teach as many men do we it's kind of how we roll a lot of times especially when you're teaching beginners so I used to work at a barn called the urban farm and it was an at-risk youth facility and we worked with all at-risk youth and it was based on a sliding scale of how much their parents made whether the lessons were free or not and this one young man he came to us when he was 13 and I taught him until he was 18 he was on the free program because his parents um, weren't really around and there was just a lot of stuff there that 
I won't get into, but he was wonderful. His name was Ryan. And Ryan ended up going to the National Western Stock Show and riding and doing really well there. Then he went to Sterling. Um, the, there's a place in Sterling, Colorado called Northwestern Junior College where they give an AA degree to horse trainers. He became a horse trainer through them. He moved to Oklahoma. And he started um, be becoming a cult starter for people. And then he moved to Texas. He kind of jumped all around the country being a cult starter. Well, I had lost track of him. I didn't really know where he was at that point. I am literally at the World Equestrian Games, okay, in Lexington, Kentucky, walking down that strip where there's all these kind of golf carts coming by. And then there's um, just kind of the pathway of people. And Aaron Ralston... And most people might know him. He's pretty high level reigning trainer guy. He comes up to me and you know him because he wears his boots on the outside of his jeans and he sees me and I see him. And I knew at that time that he had Ryan had at some point worked for Aaron. So I stopped Mr. Ralston and I said, Mr. Ralston, you don't know me from Adam, but I am the beginning riding coach for your um, employee that you had for a while. Ryan, he goes, oh, I still have Ryan. He's wonderful. He gets down on his hands, his, on his knee, kisses me on the hand and says, we need more beginner instructors. Thank you so much for teaching Ryan, because without you, he wouldn't be with me. And he's an amazing cold starter. And I just remember going wow, it does matter if you teach beginners. Because here I was at WAG going, I will never teach anybody at this level. I will never be at this level. And it was so wonderful to know that people at that level care so much about people teaching beginners to ride. And I'm so proud of Ryan making his way and becoming who he is in our industry. It was just a wonderful moment. Wow. Pretty cool. That is spectacular. Pretty cool. And that and that really that's a part of that argument that uh, I've been making a long time that we we spend a lot of our resources and money, et cetera, trying to support the top end, which is OK. That's important, sure. to you, but not enough on the on the beginning end to make good fundamental riders who can be safe around horses and be just be accomplished. Yes. And we've talked about it a lot, Billy. We talk about, right. I talk all it my pyramid. So up here you have FEI sport, you have the world shows for all the breed associations. you got all that. Well, down here, keeping everything else going is the person teaching beginners to ride because everybody, you can name any professional horseman of yours, any professional horseman of anybody's learned on a school horse, or if they were lucky enough to be in ranching, learned on a horse that was on the property. But I grew up in Southern California. So there was absolutely no ranches near me. Um, I had a little local boarding barn that I go down as a six-year-old and hang on the fence and look. And my parents were like, I don't even know what a horse is. I don't even know what this is. So one day somebody came up to me and she goes, do you want to ride my horse? And yes. So I rode the horse. And then after that, she goes, you want to take riding lessons? It's a half an hour away. Do you think your mom will drive you? And I go, I don't know. I'll ask. So mom started giving me riding lessons at six and we had to go a half an hour right to the barn where I, where I got to ride. And little by little, I mean, it's a gene that we're born with that if you let it flower and do well, it's going to do well. And yet if you lock it down and don't ever let it expand, it doesn't get to grow. And we have to grow that because even in a bunch of city kids, there's a bunch of city kids that want to ride a horse. And the more that we can have beginner instructors to teach them on safe horses, 
the better it's going to be because it's going to be more opportunity. Um, I got to ride at a Girl Scout camp and it was done. I got to be the leader because I was 16 and they put me up as the lead at the end of the week because their gal didn't show up and I got to lead the trail ride. So I literally had my first experience of being kind of an instructor at 16 years old. And I've been an instructor ever since. I've never not been an instructor. And I probably am an instructor before I'm the CEO of Certified Horsemanship because it means that much to me. And I hope I get to teach well into my 70s, 80s, 90s. I love it. So, Christy, can you tell us, so if I want to get certified, what are the steps? Yes. So the first thing you do is you go to CHA.horse and you can find a certification near you. Um, or you can, you know, go to Hawaii or go wherever some of our certifications are being held. Then when you do that, you pay $150 deposit. That deposit will give you manuals that you can go ahead and look through and kind of learn some information there. We also have a bunch of videos on our website that will show you um, kind of our 15 minute process and how we don't let you teach for an hour. We only have you teach for 15 minutes. So let's say you're having five riders go over ground poles. You have the first two go over, then you fast forward the other three. So it kind of gives you all those steps. But probably the most important thing, more than all that, teach, teach, and teach some more. So find a mentor near you, whether it's a professional horseman, whether it's somebody from our site, go ahead and go on CHA.horse and find somebody and intern with them, right? Work with them, watch them teach, because the more you learn about teaching, there's auditory learners, visual learners, kinesthetic learners, and you have to be able to teach to all of them, right? And so the more you learn about teaching before you come to a certification and the more you've taught group writing, the better you're going to do because the education is supposed to happen before the certification. Once you get to us to be certified, you should technically have already done some of it so that we can give you the highest level we can possibly give you. We don't want you to come and pay all this money and just do level one. We don't want you to do that. If you've been teaching a long time, you should be able to get three and four with us because we don't require go to one first, then two, then three. We can say, we say, hey, if you're right here as an instructor, you've been teaching a while, you'll come in right here. So for those that want to get certified, do a lot of teaching first and then be diverse. Do Western and English. Why not? Because you can come to a certification and get English level one, Western level two. So why not try to learn a little bit about both before you even come to the certification? Those are some good things as well. So do you have a certification number that is negative and negative? <laughs> That's probably where Steven would start. Yeah, I definitely am not a teacher and I have not much interest in teaching, but I do have a question going back to your comment about being an instructor over a CEO. So uh, the doc here, he got one of his degrees, six, one of his six degrees in uh, therapy, uh, you know, psychology really, oh, but boy. you know, so <clears throat> I want to know, you know, doc, are you a psychologist therapist before your executive director or does the executive director come first? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> well, um, let me just say this. Um, I took some coursework in that, <laughs> which does not make me a therapist, but I learned early on, there were some people you just can't help. And so I thought, you know, I'd rather hang out and work out, work around horses and stuff like that. They seem to be more, uh, uh, fundamentally stable than some people that I know. <laughs> Love it. Well, let's get back on topic here for just a second. I want to talk a little bit about, um, 
and I don't know how much information you wanted to uh, let the people know, Christy, about your event that we're talking about coming to Fort Worth. Um, yes. But you can talk a little bit about it. I know the destination exactly isn't uh, 100% guaranteed yet, but if you want to touch on that too. But why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what you're looking to do. And, you know, we're excited to have some some of our partners here in, in our neighborhood. Yeah, we're excited to come. So anybody that wants to go to any of our clinics, of course, can. But then we also do a thing called conferences. So all of our regions, we have uh, 10 regions throughout the U.S. and Canada. We'll hold a regional event every year. Last year, they were virtual because welcome to 2020. And this year, we're just starting to open them up again to be in person. So a regional conference will maybe just be, oh, 25 to 50 people. And they're gathering. And what's so different about our conferences versus your typical convention, like what APHA does, We're not hotel-based at all. We are horse-based. So you actually get on horses and learn from other instructors and you ride in classes. And all the school horses are provided by the location where we go. So you can get a regional one. Now, our big one that you're talking about is our international conference. And this one is held every fall. And this is a combination of everywhere. So all the regions come together. We normally have about 200 to 300 of our members that come. And they come from all across the U.S. and Canada. So this year, so excited, we're going to be in November in Fort Worth in the stockyards. Yes. And we're so excited. So for those that might know this name, Christian Jaworski, she runs the Fort Worth Herd. She will be my boss in just two years. Um, She'll be our president after Dr. Bob Coleman from the University of Kentucky, who's my boss now. And she will be our president. And she said, well, why not come to Fort Worth? And we went, yes. So we have been working it out where we're going to be right there by Mule Alley, right by you guys. And we'll hopefully going to be in a hotel near there. We're going to hopefully be everything near there. So maybe you can come over and hop on a horse and ride in our conference. Yes, Dr. Smith. We, awesome. we should definitely have you do that. Now, you know, Christy, that uh, me and Billy are uh, honorary drovers for the Fort Worth. I hear rumor of this. We've got we've got the gear. We've oh. got we've got the pantalones. We're 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 the certified. Okay, That's I am right. jealous. Billy's in the back, and I'm leading the herd, just like it's. <laughs> He's going to be, he's going to ride drag and it ain't because he's the leader. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and the event itself is, I know that we're not hundred percent on the dates, but we're, we're pretty, we have an event called the Cowgirl Gathering. Um, And what we're looking to do is have actually have y'all's event like two days on the front of that event. Correct. And we hope so, because then people can come for one and stay for the other. Right. So that is truly our plan. And just so everyone knows for our event, it is open to everybody. You don't have to be a riding instructor. You don't have to be our member. Anybody can come and uh, watch the sessions if you don't want to ride in them or ride in them. We also have a lot of great lectures that take place. We have a really fun um, awards banquet that we're going to hope to do at Billy Bob's. So that'll be really fun. So we'll get to be there at the honky tonk. So yes, we're hoping it's going to be very, uh, lively and we're this close to having it done this close right. we'll, uh, we'll take care of you it'll be awesome it's gonna be so much fun cannot I wait know Bob Coleman was your president that's yes um, he is my current boss so make sure to say nice things when you see him next say that uh, Christy is fabulous love her we love we love Christy and, and Bob has Bob's been uh, he's one of the really really good guys nice guys in this industry who has 
on at least two occasions saved me from complete humiliation. So uh, he, he and I go way back too. so. Well, and he knows he's extension, right? For uh, University of Kentucky, he does. He's not only a professor, but he does a lot of extension work and anything you just read. I was just reading um, a current stable management uh, magazine thing going on in their uh, website. And it was all about Dr. Bob Coleman telling you how to get your pastures ready. So he really is good on nutrition and feeds and feeding. Yeah. What's so fun again about my job is that I only have a boss for two years. So whoever the president of the board is, right? And then when they go away, I have a new boss. And then they go away, I have a new boss. And technically the whole board is my boss. But the association morphs and changes, which Billy, maybe it does for you too, because you're kind of the same thing. You also have a board based on who's on your board. So one time I had a Canadian president and it was all about partnering with Equine Canada and all about doing, um, and we raised our membership in Canada instead of, I think at the time we were 8% Canadians and now we're up to 15% Canadians. So that was kind of her focus. And so everyone has a different focus and that has just been just so great about all of it is having those, those different focus based on the different people that are on your board. And we can do such a variety with our board because we're all breed, all discipline. And it's been really fun to have them all on. Now, Stephen, I appreciate the comments about my intellect, but that means you've never met Bob Coleman. He might be the smartest guy I've ever known. He's pretty awesome. If you're, if I was going to stack people in terms of the smartest to, you know, the dumbest, I mean, Bob's up there in the top two or three, maybe the very top. So hopefully someday I can introduce you to someone who's really smart. Where, hopefully where, in November. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Where Where does Dave Dillon fall on your list there, Doc? He's not at the top. He's kind of farther down. He's a little <laughs> bit down there hanging out with you. Uh, as long as he's below me, I don't care. But I mean, well, I feel right. like I am a Texan, so I get just like a bump up from an Oklahoman. Well, that's true. If you're tied, you get the bump because you're from Texas. Okay. There you go. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take whatever it is. I'll take it. And he's from Oklahoma, so that's like a strike. It's just kind of a strike, no matter what. So, <laughs> and not just oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, but Elmore City, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I had well, then I probably get a big strike because I'm from California then, right? Uh, no, you're all good. You've started oh, okay. nice you start migrating this part of the West. Good. I know. I keep going West. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, yeah you're good. You're all, you're all right. You'll end up here sometime. I might, too. We're thinking yeah. of going to Galveston and checking it out. If we like the coast, we might go yeah. there for a vacation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And once you have your your big meeting here, you may just hang out here more often. It'd be fun. We can, I know. I might never you know, go back to even Colorado. I'll just say, no, Texas it is. Well, we have all the dives all mapped out here. So we can take it all the dive places to eat. <laughs> Gotta have those. Gotta have it's Incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. You'll have a great time. We'll take care of you. Well, we're going to, we're going to wind us down here. Uh, but Christy, I want to give you the platform one more time. Is there anything that you'd like to tell anybody or uh, touch on before we uh, wrap up this episode of the Mark for Greatness podcast? I just want to say, if you haven't heard of us, we've been around for uh, 53 years. I have not been in charge that long because I am way younger than that, but we have been around 53 years. So please go to cha.horse and check it out. We, um, like I said, we're for a variety of different people at wherever level you are with your horsemanship. You'll find free videos and all kinds of really free, fun information on there. And then maybe come play with us in Fort Worth in November. Awesome. Well, you should just embrace that and say, yep, I've been at this 53 years and, and people would go, wow. 
because I'm not even that old. You look spectacular for that. I'm not even that old yet. I cannot do that yet. No. <laughs> you start. So I started. Well, I actually started before I was born. Yeah, right. So, in utero. In utero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like Stephen starting as a negative uh, uh, certified writer. Yes. You, you started as you as running CHA before you were born. A negative. See. Right. See that <laughs> I feel like I feel like with those comments, Doc, you're you're kind of calling me out here. So um, I'm happy to do a fresh paint where we do a competition of writing. Ooh. Oh, did you say writing? W-R-I-T-I-N-G? Writing. R-I-D-I-N-G. Happy to do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. fun. See how it changes? Is that, that could be a great promotion for CAJ. Well, yeah, let's know. do it. When we're there in Fort Worth, let's get some instructors to teach you, and the instructors can decide who was the better student and who was a pain in the butt. Absolutely. Yeah, see? I can do that. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up here today. Uh, that's going to do it for the Mark for Greatness podcast. Thank you, Christy, for coming on and being a part oh. of this. Tell us a little bit more about CHA. Uh, Doc, I'm glad you were here too, I guess. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up. If you have any questions for Christy, uh, I'm sure you can find our contact information at CHA.horse. And uh, we'll see you down the trail. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Christy. Thank you. See you soon. Yes. <laughs>